I am unashamed. What about you? Going on, then oh, he, be hilarious. Then he tells something, and it's like the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. Just, just in your normal life, Phil. What have you been doing? Oh no! That's, we gotta. There's always a story. I mean, uh, in the woods of Phil. You know, that could be a show. What about the new dogs? I mean, is there oh, any? Oh my goodness! Yeah, but I mean, we we, we need an update. Is there an update on is the? Is there an update? The update on the dogs? Hang on, well, hold, hold on. on. Let, let's get this Hang on. on. Let's, let's what, don't waste it. What is this? <clears throat> so, I guess we need this. As far as dogs go. You know, you, your dogs die. <laughs> it's part of the circle of life. Old age. Yeah. Most of them vehicles. UPS. Not many vehicles down there, but the UPS man ran over the dog <clears throat> and had him in his arms when he walked up. Uh, he was a good yeah. one. Well, we just need the update on the two <laughs> new dogs. Because, look, I saw a picture. You wouldn't have seen this because you don't look at any kind of social interaction. But... The girl that works for y'all some and helps helps out had one of your new dogs in a yep. Sonic cup. Yeah, he was just had his head sticking out so of it. So it's it's a, like, a, a, like a the, medium. The too. the names of the their name they're miniature rat terriers and their names are Bobo Junior. Mm -hmm. Even though it's not sired by Bobo, but anyway, Bobo Junior and BB because it's a male and a female. So I did find that out. BB and Bobo. BB and Bobo. But Bobo, well, that's just kind of like planted, what we're going to talk I planted, about. Right? Uh, planted Bobo down here, right behind where the tractors are. There was a backhoe <laughs> already, well, already he, there. After he died, he's got, he went into the burial of Bobo, <laughs> which sounds like okay. a good Western title. That could that would be a good movie. His K was, was the coming up of Bobo. some kind of funeral, but I said, let's, let's don't get this thing out of hand here. <laughs> Did <laughs> you say a few words? No, but, but I told Dan, say a few words over him. So Dan, I said, Dan, there's a backhoe parked down there. I just swing it around, dig a pretty deep hole. I said, so we don't we smell it. The <clears throat> armadillos won't, you know, yeah. coyotes won't get him out of there. Yep. Give old, give old Bobo rest. So, so we replaced Bobo within two and a half weeks, <clears throat> three, four weeks. Miss K, she was on a hunt for uh, the next Bobo. <clears throat> that way to keep the Bobo will live on. Although he he's not a direct ancestor. No, no direct ancestor. Which but he means what? He couldn't be king? Uh, what's <clears throat> yeah, well. <laughs> the lineage has been broken. <laughs> you know, We're going to talk about mind. that today. <laughs> get inside the mind of a woman when she's lost her dog. So, But anyway, so we buried Bobo right out here. And uh, within a month, uh, we brought there. There's Bobo again. He shows up. He's smaller, but he's he's got the uh, he's about half ferocious at times. Really, a little bitty dog about this long. I thought, what is that? What's the Phil's Chihuahua. You gave about a I six said, inches. I thought Bobo six was eight a eight rat terrier, and they said, "Oh, he's a rat terrier." And I said, "He looked like mm, some kind of he's I a said, miniature. He looked like a miniature or something." They 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 get up in the morning, and we get a place for them to. Take a dump. <laughs> oh man! And they got pads. The women brought these pads in where they start peeing on them. So pads. delicate. <laughs> so all I've been doing is just cleaning up dog crap and, and <laughs> throwing out these wrappers where they pee. You throw them out, and the pads uh, and yeah. the two dogs. I'm not kidding. They fight when they get up in the morning and look around. They said. It's on. It's like a bell rings, and here we go. And I mean, the fight starts when one of them squeals out, hurt and too bad on the other one. They'll call it off for a little bit, but five minutes, they're back at each other. I mean, it's a fight. All day, they fight. Then when they finally sleep, they'll come to my chair, and they look up at me, you know. I reach down, I put them on my side right there. They, uh. They 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 like to they want to dig a hole in anything, including you. They just, they just get on you. Just, just. I've never seen dogs fight as much as these two. Well, they love to fight. Well, that should remind you of our childhood. Uh, so I've got to channel all that fighting, so that 
grandchildren can come in without fear of being bitten and whatnot. <laughs> These dogs, I mean, they, 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 they like to fight. They like to chew. Every time I walk They're in, they fighters. start chewing on my shoe. But I looked in there. It's classic mom, the way she, the way she is with her dogs. So I walk in yesterday after the podcast. So she's, she's got them laying on her chest, mm-hmm. uh, which is ample. Uh, if you know mom, and they're they're just like cozied up to each other, dead asleep. That's right. Mom's just sitting there we're having a conversation, and yeah, these two dogs sleep right here on her, they just in her bosom. Right and you know, they, <laughs> but, but they are some wow. scrappy little dogs. I'll give them that. Yeah, scrappy town. That's what I call them. But my the, my favorite part of the story about when we we talked about before when uh, Bobo. Uh, got ran over his mom said he, the ups guy brought him and he was he was crying when he walked up to the house yeah and, and she said and we just sat down and cried together <laughs> my mom and a complete stranger <laughs> because he was crushed you know because he ran over i mean he knew he watched the show so he like he felt so bad but they're giving him the parvo shots and uh what's uh the dog the, when they get go go mad what uh I don't know, but the all rabies. these rabies, <clears throat> rabies, they give them all these shots now to make sure they make it. So we had the parvo run through some dogs one time. You remember we had some, uh, <laughs> yeah, a couple killed, of Weimaraner puppies a bunch of them. and it killed them. Yeah. So that's a, that's a rough disease for sure. <clears throat> I'm a, I'm a dog lover. I've got dogs, you know, and all that, but, uh, you know, but, but, but women, they get attached to them, you know, little puppies. They did. One's a male, one's a female, Bobo and BB. But uh, they already know their name, so that's how, good. How clever! Very they clever. Are, they're, they're scrappers. <coughs> they well, I was kind of proud of y'all because I didn't. I didn't know. I thought at some point, like we just keep it going. Like mom's kept this thing going a long time, but you know, it's kind of like having two little kids around because you described having to you know train them and clean up and all that. And I didn't know if y'all had it in you, but you know. Well, it's just. <laughs> Get up in the morning. This morning, I get up, I get them, take them outside, <clears throat> let them run around out there. You know, they're getting faster and faster. You know, they're not six weeks old, right? Seven, right? So they, 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 they're speed merchants too. They can move. I mean, they're quick. So they, 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 they put on a show every day. <clears throat> That's good. I'm glad y'all did that. <clears throat> I'm sure you get a lot of joy out of having them. So, Jason, your house is better? Does things better? Or like yesterday was a sad tale of woe. Well, Mia's, Mia, seemed, she made better. her first appearance uh, last night. She she came, I mean, just think she's been yeah. just in her room for a couple of days, two or three days here now. But uh, so I was like, you feeling better? And she went, eh. <laughs> <laughs> she was walking around. Right. So you're obviously feeling better. She's up, but uh, yeah. So that was a good sign. I mean, I I know it's has well. To, I know this has, has to be rough. I'd like to update because there's a lot of people that be asking. Oh, baby, was but she got, is doing better. Well, yeah, she was up walking around. Swelling gone down. Not well, so it's much. Take a while, but uh, <laughs> usually after a couple of weeks that goes down. But uh, and a lo- our little baby that we're keeping, he's bad. Well, he got sick at the same time, so. It, Turned into a hospital. Well, you have uh, human babies. You have dogs. You got dogs. Them little things you got. What kind of what kind of what do you call it? Who knows? Uh, they're what are they call. I think they're a combination. I think their parents were, uh, you know, a little uh, risque. I'm not sure. They're a combination of a couple breeds for yep. sure. But yeah, I got my that little boy dog we got. He's like, what are those? What are those dogs? Uh, they're like a Yorkie, yeah, along that line. But they're small, but real they're, small. Oh, like they're, they're small. And what's Yorkie. crazy is when, when, yeah. when you get their haircut, it looks like they shrunk by ten times. Yeah, my my dogs are like that. They have thick, and then you cut them, and they look like they've lost half their size. But you know, you're talking about dogs buying grandkids, and now the female dog we have, she's old, but and she'll bite you. But when you get bit by her, it was your fault. So, like, when the kids come out and they holler, I'm like, and the parents like, what are you going to do about that dog? I was like, you need to address your kid. That dog only bites when someone is being mean or. Yep. So, and that, because, I mean, like, Jep's kids, uh, you know, his adopted son, Gus, I mean, he's just a, <laughs> a bruiser. live wire. He's a bruiser. You know, and I said, hey. 
if you mistreat, he was petting the dogs. And I said, if you mistreat that dog, she will bite you. It wasn't 20 minutes. I heard him holler out. <laughs> I said, what'd you do? He said, I grabbed her by the neck. <laughs> I said, yeah. <laughs> but it, he was one that he just had to know. I said, because <laughs> you had laid down the gauntlet. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, you get what you ask for is what I say. Well, Red, Red the redneck that works for me, uh, uh, he was bitten uh, numerous times. For just showing up. I mean, out of all the people that come in, most of them, you know, they just look at them. But when Red comes in, I said, Red, I said, I, I'm going to give you a little insight, son. That was a good these dogs, I said, these dogs don't like you. I said, they don't do that to anybody else. Now, I don't know what you've been up to, but these dogs. Only Phil can turn that situation into a spiritual intervention. Well, the first time he said, well, they just got to bite me on the leg out there. And he pulled up his bitch leg. What it's you been up to, Red? I said, Red, for some reason, you got bad vibes, son. I said, uh, Red, have you, have you heard the story of Aiken? I was down there. There's, but they make good guard dogs because there's, there's a lot of Jimmy Red Gibbons running around. Some, well, yeah, of, them worse, I, some of them worse than others. But, but they, I like they, the dog. I like because people, when they walk in my house, me and my dogs go crazy, no matter what. Most they're, people, they're like, why, most people why? these dogs just sit there. And somebody come in and they, they wouldn't carry on. But but some when they walked in the door, them dogs looking at me like hey, they, they, not they good. Know. Well I have cameras and all that, but like Missy's like, You think we should get an alarm system? I said, We have an alarm system. It's those two dogs. Because if anybody walks within twenty feet of my house, they're just it's like the world is ending. But you know, there's <clears throat> there's a lot there's a lot of science to what you're talking about too, because Dogs are very sensitive to human emotion. Uh, we know two different counselors, friends of ours, that use dogs in their therapy. Oh, there's and, a lot of and, there's something well, a lot of our military there. veterans. They and then they, you got that get right. Them a dog, you got the you service know. animals. That's yeah. right. And they 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 have a sense. They know when you're going through a traumatic thing. They can sense it. Uh, the, both the counselors told me that the dog will get up and when they're going through something particularly traumatic and they're sharing it in their counseling session, dog comes over and lays his head on the person's lap. And the person doesn't even realize they're just, they're crying, they're telling a story and, they, and they're down there stroking this dog. That dog sensed that emotion and came over to, to, to give aid yeah. in the situation. But that's pretty amazing when you think about it. I mean, that's, where that as your to use your line, Dad? What what department in Saltwater came up with that one? I'm telling you that, that an animal would have such a connection to human emotion that they would yeah. be able to sense that. That's pretty amazing. True. Zach, do you have dogs? Before we leave this topic, we, well, we we had we've had dogs. We don't currently have <laughs> oh, a dog. Uh, we had a dog that we had to give to my brother-in-law's. I'm mean, sorry, my brother's mother-in-law. Because we, when we adopted Ruth, our dog was just chaotic, and so she was. It wouldn't have been good, but oh, she yeah. would bark when we had a bear. Like we have bears in, up here in North Carolina, and you'd hear her going just nuts, and you go outside and look, and sure enough, there's the a bear. bear. Yeah, but yeah, it's too much. A lot of it's a lot of responsibility. The dog is well, and y'all like us. I mean, you have except y'all have little ones, which like Jay's, but then also when you travel a lot, that's the hard thing about you just. I mean, you can't really have animals. It's well, like, my two dogs are self-sufficient. We have the room. You, you've seen it. Yeah. We have a, There's a little, order. Yeah. And uh, they have a doggy door, and we just fill up their food and water and take off. And they're they just perfectly come and go as, happy. Come and go as they self -sufficient. please. Self-sufficient. Yeah. yeah. Well, they they're old. They don't poop and pee in, in that room because they live there. You know my lair? They right. go outside. They go outside. Yeah, well, with this area, they're, I live not, they're in. not that smart yet, but we're working on it. <clears throat> well, y'all takes... got them on the pad, Phil. Right, Phil? You said they're peeing. Yeah, I don't like on the pad. pad. I don't like the pad. I think that's a bad move because then they can't distinguish like a rug from a pad. They see a rug and they're like, "Oh." Which they're doing some of that now, man. Now I, you I have get up to in take the them outside. They're in there looking up. I got them a little pen back there in the room, but. Uh, they they sleep. They don't make any racket at night. But I get them and I just walk outside. Yeah, that's what you got to do. They're all running around. They they running around you know, three times a it's day. It's yet to be known what will happen 
on the first snake incident. Yeah. So, but the snake rack, rack, it's coming. Oh yeah. So we'll we'll, we'll see yeah, what we'll get a little bigger from that. They survive. If not, they'll be Bobo yep. Junior Junior yeah, we'll and BB Sister <laughs> Junior. Our yard, they the flower ones working on Miss K's flowers. You know the guy. He he said he did. Yeah, I killed three three uh, uh, copperheads this morning out here. And these, oh, of course, the flowers are right there in front of me. Yeah. But there were three of them in there, and then they put some rocks in there. Yeah, they love it. Unfortunately, you're, the, the, it looks great down there, but you're building a great snake habitat because oh. <laughs> that's what they love to do. Let's take a break. So our good friends at Omega XL have, uh, have informed us that we have 360 joints from your neck down your vertebrae, back, arms, hips, knees, all the way to your feet. 360 joints. And that means that there's a lot of possibility of having some issues with your joints. Every day. Every day, right? You have daily activity. We get a little bit older. Uh, we get that hurting. Sometimes we can't sleep. So Omega XL uh, has approached this from a scientific viewpoint, and they come up with uh, what they call SPMs, which are naturally in your joints when you're young, as you get older, your body produces less of them, which is why you find yourself in pain. You have these joint aches. So Omega XL, what it does is it restores those SPMs. It rejuvenates your joints and muscles so that you can move around like you were when you were younger. And Dad and I have been taking this product for quite a bit, quite a while. OmegaXL.com uh, slash fill is where you go. You're going to buy a bottle. You're going to get a second bottle for free. OmegaXL.com slash Phil, or you can call them at 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888 or OmegaXL.com slash Phil. Yeah, that's the only bad you thing about it. the backwater years where the water comes up in the yard and pushes on up. Well, we're right on the edge of the bank then of the river. So everything, pushes everything. All them cottonmouths, they, they they come with the come with the high water. Yep, you gotta watch them. Watch when you step outside. We've killed everything, but we killed all of them, all four poisonous snakes in my yard. Yep. one time or another, cottonmouth, copperhead, uh, 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 what's rattlesnake, the, rattlesnake, and then the other one is the coral, coral snake. snake. Yeah, about two coral snakes. But that's the you can deal those they 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 they'll kill you. Yeah, those have the worst venom, but they also don't have fangs, so they yep. have to kind of get you on a soft spot. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> well, um, so we're in Hebrews seven, is uh, where we left off, and um, we've kind of been setting this up in Hebrews five and six because he he brings it up uh, in in five. And we kind of been spending a couple of podcasts on what I call the little depth charge interlude where he's really challenging and warning these uh, the people he's writing to. So he's going to kind of kick back in uh, to this idea. And on our last podcast, Jace, we, we basically showed about the whole idea about it's Jesus, it's him in heaven, he's our anchor He's yeah. the whole, you know, see, he kind of paints that whole picture. He's trying to give him some confidence because, you know, when you're having to like warn people and rebuke people for not doing what God wants them to do, that's an unpleasant situation. And preachers and teachers, people like us, we, you know, we're up in front of people. It's, it's a little bit different when you're kind of presenting kind of a shotgun presentation where you're just kind of throwing stuff out there, but it's a, it's not easy to have conversations deep conversations about people's shortcomings. I mean, when you have to deal with that, that's not, that's not pleasant. And yet, you know, as a, as a leader, we've all had to do it a lot of different times. I don't think any of us, you don't enjoy it, but you know, you're trying to help somebody get to growth. And and so with the Hebrew writer, that's kind of what I see. He, he comes back kind of with a softer, now look, don't, you know. Well, I think in there, they were justifying what they were wanting to go back to right. based on lineage and, history and so he he gives these jewish arguments that i'm sure didn't sit well with them right because they were you know we were talking about that you know bobo and not being in the lineage and all but you know from their whole religion and structure was built on this so he he gets into who you know who melchizedek is and then he has a series of arguments that i'm interested to see y'all's take on but he basically, since this was God's plan, 
which, you know, the more I read this, I was just amazed when you look at the details of this, that God, I mean, God could have just showed up and, and said, I'm here. But I mean, he carefully and meticulously (laughs) wove through history from a heritage standpoint, uh, you know, a man who is God, his son, that could represent being a king and a priest right. for people who is who dwells in heaven and wants people to live with him forever. I mean that that's quite a that's quite a plan. <laughs> the reason to, the, to the, execute the reason the woke crowd in America hates God is because he says. Here's the law. You break it, you die. Well, everybody has broken the law, and everybody is has been canceled. And that's the way it was. Jesus shows up, and he's the way out, and he reminds them to get it started. We, we, I, I think we ought to read this. You've not come to, uh, to a mountain that can be touched like when the law was given. Burning with fire, that's when the law was given. To darkness, that's when the law was given. Keep it or die. Gloom and storms. You've come to a trumpet blast, or, or, or I mean, or that's part of it. Yeah, no, not here. Or, or, or a voice speaking words so that those who heard it begged that the further word be spoken to them because they could not bear what was commanded. That's the reason the woke crowd in America hates God. They think it's all rules and regulations. Even they've bought into what these people were doing. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned. If an animal ran up there, you know, like what's going on here, you know, you had to kill him. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I'm trembling with fear. That's when the law came and the ramifications of the law are being told on the front end. But here's the difference between that and, 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 and coming to Jesus by grace. You've come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. You've come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, Jesus, whose names are written in heaven, to all the ones that the spirits of these men. You've come to God, the judge of all men, to the spirits, all of these people we read about in the Old Testament, Job and all of them, they live by faith, made perfect, the blood of Jesus. To Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. He's given them what his argument has been throughout the whole book of Hebrews. <coughs> you're not under law, but you're under grace. Jesus has kept the law and died for you to get you out from under it. And to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel, see to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we, if we turn away from him, which they were in danger of doing, the, the, the Hebrews, who warns us from heaven? At that time, his voice shook the earth when the law of Moses came on board. Man, just think about it. But now he has promised, once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that they cannot be shaken, may remain. Therefore, and he brings it back to what I mentioned the other day, two places in the book of Hebrews, the kingdom of God is mentioned. And this is the second one and final one in this book in this uh, writing. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. Don't mess with him because he's made it out way easier to get to heaven than it was under law. No one would make it because we all have broken the law. But here, there's mercy. Jesus keeps it. He's our mediator. 
Well, that's Hebrews 12. For Yeah, that was 12, 18 that's through 12. 29. Like us watching a movie and Phil just skip to the end. Well, I'm just saying there's a wrap-up and better news is on the way. Because right. you go back to chapter 6 and you say, man, I don't know. This right here. Yeah, that, you're right. That's the finale of his argument. That's, that's what right. you just read. And so what we're doing is I'm we're just saying keep that in yeah, mind. Yeah, no, no, I like it. As we move forward. I like it. And you're right. It, the Hebrew writer bookends the concept of kingdom. What's interesting is he never, you know, as you said, he never mentions it other than those two. Yep. So what he's basically saying is the kingdom of God that you always thought was national physical Israel is way bigger, way bigger. <clears throat> and Jesus is the, is the King. He's the son of man and the son of God. This is for everybody. Right. No, no groups bigger than other. Nope. There's y'all, you know, all these texts there's between a Jew and a male and a female and this one, the ethics and where are you from and all this and that and other. No. So that, that is the point. Let's take another break. So that is the point of Melchizedek to take us back to Hebrew seven Yep. is that he, and it says in verse one, Melchizedek was King of Salem and priest of God most high. So he is a, <clears throat> he's an outlier from the system that the Jewish people would know. You, you know, they follow it, you know, the, the lineage. There was a handful, which almost down to Melchizedek. Right. I mean, there was not that many men of faith running around on planet Earth. Well, and it's interesting, well, Jace, because to me, it's the great concept of when you think you know everything, you find out when it comes to God, you don't because you're not him. Nobody knew about this Melchizedek. We, we would Jesus, never even know about him had Abraham not crossed paths with him. And before well, Jesus, you could safely say, and it says, there was a remnant. And it was not many, Al. Right. Not many came out of there. I mean, this guy was well, this, proclaimed as a high priest. This chapter 7 is probably the least talked about chapter in the New Testament. But, I mean, there's just, because he's... Hang on, dude. So we got a lot of a uh, lot of difficulties going on. I think it's fair to say, wouldn't you, Dad? There's inflation. You got gas prices are high. We got some food shortages going on. The economy doesn't seem very great. It's the worst I've ever seen. It. It's really bad. And uh, one of the things that we have to think about in terms of preparation is, with all these things going on, if we had some sort of shutdown, do you have enough food uh, to take care of your family for a while? And so, one of our sponsors. Uh, is uh, preparewithfill.com is the website uh, that you can go there. You can save $150 on a three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. Uh, it's one of the nation's largest preparedness companies. They have over 56,000 four- and five-star reviews. So a lot of people uh, obviously have used their product and are happy with it. So if you want to check it out, have some peace of mind, go to preparewithfill.com. You're going to save 150 bucks on that three-month emergency food kit supply from My Patriot Supply. So go to preparewithfill.com. Yeah, the river and these people are the source of grub. There you go. So I think what's interesting, because I read every commentary I could read, just to try to figure out, you know, who this Melchizedek was. And was a couple hours of my life I'll never get back. <laughs> because what's so weird. It's kind of like a deep dive in Leviticus, you know, it just. Well, no, here was the problem. So when you get to you verse, be a real verse serious two, well, for, you know, you get to verse two, he says, uh, of seven, he says, defeat of the kings and blessed him. And Abraham gave him a tenth of everything, which, you know, that means he's, he was somebody important right. because that was their gauge of superiority. I, and I, by the way, just to just to let you know, that would be the precedent going forward. Whenever the twelve tribes came along, they're in the land of Canaan. One of the tribes is the Levites; they're the priest. All the rest of the tribes gave ten percent of everything they had to that tribe, so that they could do the spiritual work of the kingdom. Yep. So you understand that was the principle of the tithing in the tenth. But actually, Abraham started way back before all that happened, which was interesting yeah. that he knew that even then. Well, well a lot that, of these preachers, the preachers in modern day, they still after that tenth. Yeah, they that's a, <laughs> they want to keep that part well, right. of the law. They like that. They so like then it that. says first his name means king of righteousness. Then also king of Salem means king of peace, which that 
obviously shadows, you know, what Jesus would represent Correct. because you think about him, you know, where I thought about that Romans three passage where it says, but now a righteousness from God has been revealed. You remember the first three chapters are just like sin, oh. doom and gloom, but then it's For like, real. but a righteousness from God, we well, got to have that first. So you have that atonement from Jesus that is offered and peace is later because even you have strife in between. I mean, you remember right. the verse where Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. But you 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 find that rest and that peace in the wilderness of life, which I think goes back to that promise plus time equals trust. I mean, when you have Jesus's righteousness, there there is a peace that develops, but well, it may the, not look like it while you're on the earth, but I think it mirrors this. So the irony of it, Jace, is that the setting for their meeting, and it says it here in the text, was uh, Abraham was at war with with four different kingdoms. They had kidnapped Lot. Remember, they had separated. Lot went down in the valley, Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham's hanging up in the higher elevations, but they kidnapped him, and so Abraham went in to rescue him. Well, he had to go to war with all of his his people against these kings, and so that was the setting by which he met yeah. this king of peace. So yeah. that is kind of to your point. It's so yeah, you're right. And so the next verse is where I, all the controversy. Now this is an it says, this without, is a doozy of a verse. Without father and mother, without genealogy, without beginning of days or end of life, like the Son of God, he remains a priest forever. So. All the commentaries I said I read. So then it was like, well, who is Melchizedek? I mean, we need a movie about this guy. That's right. Because, I mean, that... So most of the things I read, they either thought that he was just a mystery man. I mean, obviously God had a plan here and used him, and God, there's no gift that doesn't come from God. Right. So I know where he came from, God. But, you know, some people say, well, he was probably... You remember that passage in Genesis, is it six, where it says the sons, or or four, where the sons of God mm-hmm. slept with the daughters of Man, men, and right. it created giants, and so they had him in that lineage, or the, or some say, well, he was an angelic being, but the, the bottom line is, they didn't have a record of... Where he came from. Which is the the ultimate point. Which doesn't seem like a big deal to us, but to them, that was everything. This lineage and and being passed on. Somehow he's almost called immortal like Jesus because without beginning of days or end of life. So we know. Like like the Son of God, he remains a priest. Well, and it's interesting because those first, you know, first 11 chapters of Genesis. We're going to be trying to figure out who Melchizedek was until Jesus. <laughs> well, there are, there are others, there are other situations. You remember Enoch, you remember there's, there's just some strange things that happened during this era. Well, it was, but I don't, he wasn't, there's only, the only immortal being is God right. and his, his three reflections or, or I always struggle with the word. Yeah, to describe personality. Some people know, said the Word and the Holy Spirit. Right. You see those three, so we know he's not that. Now, even but if there were a, physical manifestations of the deity, at least from the other realm, in several different situations. Well, if they were celestial beings, though, Al, they still I'm were saying created. They some people think created. maybe it was Jesus Himself that just temporarily was in the form of a man. And there's been several instances in the Old Testament. Again, I'm just throwing out possibilities. Yeah, I tend not to think that. I I tend to think this is more they just didn't know where he came from or where, which was the mystery of God. Yeah. Whether whether it was an actual or not, the point is he didn't have a record. If you wanted me to testify and give my opinion, I'd say I think he was a man. He just didn't go through the normal heritage that on paper – and they didn't have a funeral and like pass on his legacy. I just think he was a. Wanderer. Does it ever say he was without sin? <clears throat> no, but it they it's going to get did. to a point that says that that's why Jesus is better. Yeah. So uh, that's why I said I think. Yeah, I think this the is point. I think the point. Go ahead. Yeah, say. I think the point that he's trying to make here in the in these first uh, ten verses, he's he's laying out this idea that. That Melchizedek is is better than Abraham. That's the point because you got to keep in mind that the Jewish people 
That's the point because they because they have a, a this very high view of Abraham, and at the end of the of this section, he says, uh, and so to speak, through Abraham, even Levi, who received tithes, right? You remember the 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 the, the Levites, the uh, the Levitical priesthood received tithes from the people, um, but it says that he received those tithes in a in a way, you know, through Abraham. Um, Oh, yeah. I I was going to get to that because that's what the verses said. So he was basically saying, even though he hadn't been born, Levi, since he was a part of Abraham. I mean, I guess, what what do you call that? A twinkle in your eye? What's that saying? Yeah. I was doing this before you were a twinkle in your dad's eye or whatever. That That's literally yeah. what yeah. he's referring to. Remember, you got Abraham, then you got Isaac, then you got Jacob and Esau. Then you got the twelve. So, well, and one of them's Levi. Well, so. well, he. Well, I think what he's saying is, is that Levi received tithes through Abraham while he was still in the loins of his father <laughs> yeah, when Melchizedek that's, that's met. What I'm saying. I, yeah, when Melchizedek <laughs> met Abraham, and Abraham tithed to to Melchizedek. So his point is, if Abraham, the patriarch of the faith, gave tithes to to this guy Melchizedek. And then all of our Levitical priesthood got their ties through Abraham. Who do you think is a bigger deal, Melchizedek or Abraham? Because Abraham was ties in, tied into Melchizedek. And his point is, is that Jesus is that kind of priest. Yeah. He's right. he's a priest in the order of Melchizedek. He's you know he's higher than even Abraham. That's that's the point that he's setting up. Hang here. on, hang on, Jess. Let's take a break. He is saying that, and I only had one point of this whole section, because when you go back to John 8, because you say, well, what, man, this is getting kind of kind of crazy with all this heritage and, and priesthood and you know, Levi and him technically being part of this because he would come from Abraham before, so we're like going back in time in a way. I mean, that's his argument here in chapter 7. Here's my here's my thought after reading this. I don't think you should get hung up on the shadow because the reality is Jesus. Right. And he's better. Because everything in the Old Testament and, and the Lord, that's his design, had its shadow. Right. It's like from the earthly to the heavenly. Because you're going to get there in chapter 9 when he starts talking about all these copies, that they were a copy, not the reality of themselves. And so, but I want to read this because I think this is why this is in here. When you, because when you surrender to Jesus, where do you wind up going to? And, and what's your go-to section of Scripture for how to live life? Well, you go to the Gospels and see who Jesus, how He is, because He's the image of the invisible God. So this comes up in John eight, and this meant more to me after reading Hebrews seven when I went back and read it. So, because here the Jews come to him in 48 and they say, uh, you know, they accuse Jesus of being demon possessed. And so, just to get to the, the crux of it, uh, verse 52 at this, the Jews claim, Now we know that you are demon possessed. Abraham died, and so did the prophets. Yet you say, if anyone keeps your word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father and Abraham? And this is my point is for going here. That's why the Hebrew writers doing that, because they were putting all all their eggs in who's the greater basket, and they're like Abraham's the greatest, you know. And there's like we don't Melchizedek. That was some drifter out there, kind of running his own show. We don't even have any record of him even dying. Don't know where his where his grave is. So then he says, are you greater than our father Abraham? He died, and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Which is a great question for everyone to ask once in their life. Who do you think Jesus is? Jesus replied, if I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My father, whom you claim as your God, is the one who glorifies me. Though you don't know him, I know him. If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you. Ooh, it's getting personal now. I mean, he basically called them a bunch of liars. But I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham 
Now here's here's the key point. Rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. Well, they're like, this guy, not only is he demon-possessed, he's delusional. They're like, well, you're not 50 years old, the Jews said. How have you seen Abraham? And I think this gets into the argument about Levi, and he was a twinkle in his dad's eye, and because then Jesus says, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was born, I am. That's I mean, quite the line. That's quite the line. Yep. But I think when you're looking at this and who Melchizedek was, when it says without genealogy, without beginning of days or end of life, whatever the mystery was surrounding that, you're not going to find it find it out. I mean, you get you got a hundred different commentaries. The reality, which is Jesus, he he was here. He was not created. He he is the creator. He he came to earth. When you talk about his genealogy, it never has a has a beginning and it never has an end. Which it, if you're going to be saved better or more completely, which is what we're going to get to at the end, I would go with someone which he's eventually going to say at the end of this this segment that he was he became our high priest based on not on a regulation or his ancestry, but based on the fact of having an indestructible life. And that's yeah, seven that the, sixteen. Yep. Yeah, that uh that passage you just read though, I mean, think about the think about the the strange uh way that that was that Jesus spoke when he said before Abraham was, which is a temporal word, right? It's past tense. He's talking mm-hmm. before Abraham was in the past. Then he, then when he refers to himself, he says, I am. I mean, just that that alone, when he refers to Abraham in the past, he refers to himself in the presence and the present. And I think that that's powerful because that's really what the whole point of the book of Hebrews is. They they were worshiping the copy of, of the real thing. They were worshiping the, exactly. you know, the art over the artist, the giver or the gift over the giver, however you want to say it. And so they had put all this stock in the patriarch of the faith, Abraham. And so when he gets there and he lays out this case of who Melchizedek was, I, I think the point is Melchizedek was a prototype of Jesus. It's, it's a reference point of how Jesus is greater. He says in verse 4, Now observe how great this man was to whom Abraham, the patriarch, the one you just read about, uh, uh, that Jesus mentioned, that guy, the great patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of his choicest spoils. And those indeed of the sons of Levi who receive the priest's office have command commandment in the law to collect a tenth from the people, that is, from their brethren, although all these are descended from Abraham. But the one whose genealogy is not traced from them collected a tenth from Abraham and blessed the one who had the promises. But without any dispute, the lesser is blessed by the greater. In this case, mortal men receive tithes, but in that case, the one who receives them, of whom it is witnessed that he lives on. And so, again, he's just laying this foundation to say, like, you guys are all caught up in this patriarch Abraham, but don't you realize the one who set the whole deal up, the one you got up on the pedestal, that guy was tithing to Melchizedek. What does that tell you about Melchizedek? And that's... That's who Jesus is. Jesus is a, he came in the, in the form of Melchizedek. Hang on, Jess, let's take our last break. And it doesn't mean that Abraham wasn't great. I mean, him showing the humility in that moment, he was great. Right. But we have someone greater. Right. Greater than Abraham, greater than Melchizedek. We have the, the creator of the world came to well, and that's the, the greater point, which you referred to in John, is that the plan of God happened outside of time and creation. So as we came into being as human beings, you know, the interjections of, of the same God throughout our history, as you said, Zach, our temporal awareness, he's coming and going to set us up to be able to join him in that outer eternal place that's outside of time and space. Exactly. So what's interesting to me is that, you know, the, the whole Marvel um, 
universe of you know these movies they make and all this, these superheroes, they they're really piggybacking on this whole idea. Because I saw some of those when they're all together and they're fighting. They got this guy and he had this plan that he was going to change time. And, you know, they got the time pieces, the little jewels. But it's interesting. So people will go to that and love it. Billions of dollars have been made for people to go watch these movies. And they're really just laying out what we're reading about here that really something beyond time and space can then affect everything inside time and space. And so, Jay, to your point, there's no new thought because that whole universe is piggybacking off of what we read about in the Bible, except our God is not just, you know, some some person that's in a costume, you know, with yeah. a neat shield. He's well, the real deal. Well, in this next section, he, he gives an argument for why he's giving the argument, and he, he does it with, with another argument about the law because this – this is kind of fascinating if you think about it. I mean, it took me a while to wrap my head around it, but verse 11 says, if perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, and then in parentheses it says, for on the basis of it, the law was given to the people, why was there still need for another priest to come? One in the order of Melchizedek, not in the order of Aaron. For when there is a change of the priesthood, there must also be a change of the law. He of, yeah, he of whom these things are said belong to a different tribe, and no one from that tribe has ever served at the altar. For it is clear that our Lord descended from Judah. And in regard to that tribe, Moses said nothing about priests. So you kind of get the point here. He's saying, if Jesus is our high priest... We're not under this law anymore because he wasn't he wasn't from that tribe. Wrong tribe. Wrong tribe. It'd be like, uh, you know, in in our government system, somebody saying, like the president said, "When well, I'm now going to be king." Well, we don't have a law for that, so it would, if we went to that system, we would have to have new laws. I mean, everything would be obsolete because the whole system would change, right? So let me read two verses to you that, okay. that, that give you that point. <laughs> Numbers 1640. This was to remind the Israelites that no one except a descendant of Aaron should come to burn incense before the Lord. So it was against the law for anybody outside of the Levitical priesthood, which came from Aaron. Deuteronomy 17, here's the other side, law. This is law. When he takes the throne, meaning the future king of Israel, of his kingdom, he is to write for himself on a scroll a copy of this law taken that taken from that of the priest who are Levites. So and it says he's supposed to carefully follow them. So there was no interaction of king and priest. They had to be different. They well, there's actually a couple examples where men tried to do that. I know Saul Yeah, Jeroboam and and Uzziah are two of the kings that came after that both tried one of those guys tried it and the lord struck him he like had a skin disease or whatever they had to quarantine him and it's kind of a brutal story but uh (laughs) but well people in power they they want to they don't want to wait because i i briefly read those stories and it was all in so the priest was coming but he wouldn't get there they didn't want to wait so they're like well i'm king i'll do it i want to so I'll offer some sacrifice. Well, Jeroboam, I mean, when the kingdom split after Solomon, he just did his own thing. He made his own temple. He was the high priest of it. It was up in Samaria, which, you know, the woman at the well, days in John 4, that all comes out of Jeroboam thousands of years earlier, basically saying, yeah. you know, thumb, thumbs to the law. I'm doing so, what I want to. Well, we're getting so, deep. So how, do, so how does, um, here's a good question. How does, how would Judaism today Account, how would they trace their priesthood to Aaron, to the Levitical tribe? I'm if, sure you can go. All... Yeah, I'm sure you can go. I'm sure they they they're still keeping up with it. Well, See, I, uh, Bill Smith, Bill Smith's point was when I went through his class on Hebrews, and I haven't looked into it a ton, but his point was that when the temple burned in eighty seventy around eight eighty seventy. Yep. There is no more records. Oh, they they lost lost the records. Well, that's interesting. So they lost the records, and his point was, how do you have a legitimate priesthood in in that circumstance? And without the book of Hebrews, one of the, I mean, the the point would be that there is no priesthood, right? And 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 so this, the idea is that 
This was a system that was coming to a conclusion just a few years later, you know, after this was written. Um, there's not a, and, and even when we, when he mentions um, in verse 11, you know, he's making this argument if perfection was through the Levitical priesthood, then why would there be a need for another priesthood? Which, when I read that, I thought, well, why, why does there have to be a, why, why is he assuming that there has to be a need for another priesthood, particularly in the order of Melchizedek? And the reason why is because he's quoting later on, he quotes Psalms 110 that yeah. uh, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. So that that was already in the Psalms, you know, Psalms 110, that they knew this. They knew yeah. that there was some kind of Melchizedekian priesthood that had to come. And so he's laying out a logical argument here. Why? Why would the, if, if, if perfection could have came through the Levitical priesthood, then why would there be a need for a new priesthood? Why would Psalms 110 be in, in the Bible? Why would it be in there? Yeah. And then even. So, and all of this. So then by what, from studying Hebrews, we are called, you are a chosen people, Peter said, 1 Peter 2, 9. You are a royal priesthood. Exactly. How is it that we all turned out to, in fact, be priests with the high priest, Jesus, being over us? Well, I'm fixed to read it. Either over us or with us. But the whole reason... Yeah, read 15, 16, 17 before we go to overtime, Jay. So 15... Well, I wanted to read to 22. All right, go ahead. It says, "And, And what we have said is even more clear. If another priest like Melchizedek appears, one who has become a priest, not on the basis of a regulation as to his ancestry, but on the basis of the power of an indestructible life. And by the way, that's the only time that word is used in the entire Bible, that indestructible, which made me think... You only have to make that claim once. It's just as powerful. <laughs> but yeah. for he declared, for it is declared, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. So you see the connection of forever and indestructible. The former regulation is set aside because it was weak and useless, for the law made nothing perfect. Nobody kept it. And a better hope is introduced by which, now here's the whole point, and that's why we're the priesthood, by which we can draw near to God. That's what the problem with this old system was. You couldn't have, I mean, I think this is so awesome when I read that phrase, that we can draw near and have a relationship with the God of the universe because of what Jesus did. And it was not without an oath. Others became priests without any oath, but he became a priest with an oath when God said to him, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. Because of this oath... You would have had to conquer death for that statement to be made. Yeah. Because of this oath... Now, here's here's well, here's a bumper sticker. Jesus has become the guarantee of a better covenant, which is what I said. It's a hope that's sure. We said that in the last podcast. It's all making sense now. All right. Please. So hold that thought. Um, let's uh, We'll flesh a little bit of that out that you just read in our overtime save, and then we'll pick it up on the next podcast. So that's blazetv.com slash unashamed uh, if you want to stay with us as we talk about this uh, amazing uh, text. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube, and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.